Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. I'm James. And I'm Michael. And we're all, all back. back together. <laughs> yeah, we we're did all it. here. We're we here. all have our, our, our coffees and our, our beverages and we're ready to record. Yeah, I missed you two last week. I'm sorry. Um, and I'll, I'll be gone again. Uh, it, it, but I swear. Son of a... <laughs> <laughs> I swear I'll be back. But, you know, we made it happen this morning. There was texts flying this morning. Is James going to be here? Is James not going to be here? No, I'm here. I swear. So I'm, I'm here. I'm present. I'm all for it. And I'm here for some amazing Nintendo news. Are, are you yeah. two ready? Yeah. And we have a good yeah, one I'm to ready. start. Heartwarming news coming from Mots. It truly is. Uh, I've been a big fan of the Xbox adaptive controller. In fact, we talked about it because it it ranked up there with like Time's top innovations of the Mm -hmm. year or the decade Mm -hmm. or whatever, along with the switch on the adaptive controller is a fantastical device from the Xbox team that enables all sets of different gamers with limited mobilities or disabilities to play games. So it's your it's not a typical controller because it has all these different sensors and inputs um, that can be attached to the Xbox and to this controller to allow all sorts of um, individuals with different um, disabilities to play games. And it's an amazing device that's helped so many people, um, which is really, really great. And um, there's, um, of course, the need to for this on other consoles, like maybe the mm-hmm. Nintendo Switch. You know, I don't know if you've heard of that little um, <laughs> system at all, but. Um, Rory Steele, um, his daughter has limited mobility and couldn't play the Nintendo Switch or couldn't play one of the games that she's been dying to play, which is everyone's favorite game of all time, basically, Zelda Mm -hmm. Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. So this individual, after seeing the adaptive controller and um, wanting to say, hey, this is great for the Xbox, could I take this and adapt it? to make it work for the Nintendo Switch and my daughter. So he bought an adaptive controller, bought a whole bunch of different switches, toggles, and adapters, and bits and pieces off of eBay, slapped it together somehow, hardwired all these different things, because the adaptive controller is sort of set up to be universal. It just needs the inputs to go to the other consoles. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And after not too long, the weekend made it work. And there's this um, amazing GIF and video of um, his daughter um, playing Breath of the Wild for the first time with this huge smile. And you see her press a button and go down and pull up the the the, the um, tablet in, in the in the game to, to start playing. And uh, it, it's quite a, a joyous uh, tear tear moment, which is really awesome. So stuff like this is really heart um, felt and, and amazing. And I hope we see more of this stuff and maybe you no know, Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft let's get together on this. You know, let's make it happen for all consoles. I think that's the the one big takeaway I got was, you know, this needs to be for all consoles, whether it's Nintendo makes their version, Microsoft has theirs. I mean, it's a huge credit to Microsoft because this isn't a money making thing for them, most likely. Right. It's such a small niche market. It's not like they said, you know what, we're going to tap into this and make money. It was more we have people that want to play games and we want to be able to have that for them. And I think that's that's amazing. I think that's that's wonderful that they did that. I think my favorite part of it is is the video and you can tell that when the father is like walking his daughter through like this button does this and this toggle does that and you can just tell he is loving it just as much as she is. And then yeah. there's a part where he's 
he goes to the brother in the background. He's like, you want to try it next? And the girl like just shakes her head no. <laughs> She's like, no, he's not getting this. This is me. No, I'm all set. <laughs> but, yeah, I- I'm, I'm super excited to have this uh, little girl beat me at Smash Brothers now. So I think that's really <laughs> cool that I have another person I have to compete with. Uh, and now and more news that's coming out for Mario Kart fans, Mario Kart Tour specifically, If you remember a little while back, we talked about multiplayer, that there was a beta that was available to Gold Pass subscribers, and I had said that I was keeping my Gold Pass for the fact I wanted to test this. I did get to, Mats and I played it a little bit, and I mean, it worked. You know, you jumped in, boom, you played. Now that multiplayer is accessible to everybody. They just announced a couple of days ago that they were going to have it available again. And now it is. It's anybody can jump in. You can play the multiplayer. You just tap menu, then go to multiplayer and you're in. You're playing actual real life people. They did not specify how long this this period is going to run for. I'm I'm thinking that it, this could be just out. And then if something breaks, they'll take it back down because they didn't say anything about that. So we'll see. Get in there, get some multiplayer going. I personally have, have, have not been playing Mario Kart Tour anymore. So I, I guess it's not for me now. Yeah, I uh, have been uninstalled already. So I mean, not because not because I didn't enjoy the game or enjoy the multiplayer. It was just it was fine. It was time. Yeah, that's what that's how mobile games for me work. It, it, at yeah. some point, it's time. So. They run their course and then they're gone. <laughs> you you run the course, Christina's. But I'm bumping. And let's move on into apparently our patent and legal section of the week. <laughs> there were a couple articles that came out about some patents and specifically a couple legal battles. And the first one I'm going to go over is between a company called iLife Technologies Incorporated and Nintendo. Apparently, there's just been this huge legal battle going on for some time. Um, there was a bunch of patents that iLife tried to basically assert against Nintendo in 2013, and then there were five others that they did in 2016. Um, so the ruling, the, the most recent ruling, uh, was a 10.1 million case against Nintendo's Wii Remote. Um, apparently, uh, iLife Technologies was trying to cover the broad concept of using motion sensors to detect motion. Just overall, just very broad, like, we're going to patent that. Um, and Nintendo was like, nah, that's not happening. Um, so the court concluded that iLife I Technologies basically, it, it didn't make sense. They weren't allowed to do that. Um, and I think it's Ajay Singh, Sang, um, Nintendo of America's Deputy General Counsel, uh, shared some apparently very fighting words <laughs> in response to all of the legal action taking place, especially against iLife Technologies. And I'm going to quote him now. He says, Nintendo has a long history of developing new and unique products, and we are pleased that after many years of litigation, the court agreed with Nintendo. We will continue to vigorously defend our products against companies seeking a profit off technology they did not invent. So take that as a warning to all of you companies out there. Nintendo they they'll, they'll go after you <laughs> yeah patent trolls yeah mm. yeah Take just the that. whole patent world in general just seems so messy and then seeing this it's like there's no way you can patent that i mean i've seen patents patents out there patents <laughs> patents out there people trying to patent the idea of playing with a cat with a laser pointer hmm. like you can't do that like that's ridiculous so it's just just crazy to see yeah, and, and I'm happy that Nintendo is actually winning against it because it's ridiculous. Yeah, patents are important, but when they're so broad, that would stifle innovation into mm-hmm. the market. I think that's the problem. 
Yeah. And it seems like in iLife Technologies case, it was a money grab on their part. I mean, they they tried to file six different versions and they're just throwing anything at the wall and hoping that something would stick. And this was the last one to get swatted down. You know, like you said, all the others were proven invalid, but Mm -hmm. yet they still dragged this out for another four years and it I, I can't help but wonder what did it actually cost? So the 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 ten million dollars was against Nintendo. What did, I wonder what it cost oh, Nintendo man. to fight this for you know what uh, nine years that it fought it for or seven years that it fought it for hundred well, million this, dollars? This is, this yeah, one. probably yeah, exactly. <laughs> the one that they just beat or just won, it was against it, it was like a it was filed in twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. But all the other ones, like they've, iLife has been basically going against Nintendo since 2013. So yeah. it's just kind of, it's been all over the place. So well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it had yeah. to cost, their, in their opinion, iLife probably was like, you know what? Maybe they'll just throw us the 10 million because, like Mott said, it cost, it'll end up costing Nintendo 100 million to defend for all of these. Uh-huh. And it, I, that's probably just the kind of shady operation they run. They just figure, well, somebody will. So we'll get somebody and they'll pay us 10 yeah. million and we'll do it again to somebody else in a year or two. So pretty Nintendo's crappy. Nintendo's not having it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, the, and the problem with patents is, is, is if Nintendo's like, okay, well, we'll license your technology, then iLife will probably have to get a, a slice of profit of every yep. single thing. Or mm-hmm. if they lose and they're like, we're not going to license it to you, you've lost. And now you have to take every single system off the market. Mm-hmm. And then, and then not only will they win X amount, then Nintendo ought to pay x amount again so it, it's a it's a it's a tricky market to be in so that is for sure but i'm um, talking about patents who doesn't love even more patent talk because our good friends at nintendo filed a patent that's right um you know nintendo <laughs> sony microsoft they're always doing new patents it's, it's fun because you get to sort of get a glimpse into what may be because patents are public especially when they're they're here in the u.s and and, and here they are so this patent is for a touch pen attachment for the Nintendo Switch Joy-Con. And I think that this is super duper cool. This was uh, spotted over by our good friends at Silicanera. That's what I'm going to, I'm going to, Siliconera. Oh, that's, that makes <laughs> way more sense. Our good friends at Siliconera. Uh, and what this is, is think of the, the Joy-Con, which we're used to, which is we slap on, slap off. But we always forget that there's a little attachment, like the Joy-Con nub system like a mm-hmm. attachment nub <laughs> and <laughs> and that's where the wrist strap is so what this is is an attachment that goes onto that part which is a little stylus now it doesn't seem as if the stylus slides in or out of it it happens to just be attached to the top of it which is cool because those things are just hidden in your um drawer anyways so what that stylus will do specifically inside of um of the joy-con it will act as a stylus for the screen. So there's images here in the patent of of it vibrating when you touch the screen or um, you know lines being drawn and different thickness, which is very, very fascinating, by the way, because that that would indicate that the Nintendo Switch itself has some sort of force detection. And if not, this means that inside of that stylus head is some sort of depth detection for how hard you're pressing it. So if you were to look at the um, um, surface and the Microsoft surface device, um, it has a uh, in the iPad Pro, the harder you press the stylus or the pen on it is the thicker the uh, ink would lay down. So 
they're saying here that this would be very similar, which would be cool. And, and I could see great drawing applications and other things like that coming from this. So very cool uh, about it. Turns it into a, a, oh, maybe we'll finally get like a DS, you know, attachment because mm. we got the stylus on. So there we go. <laughs> Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was thinking, oh, this could be kind of cool. Maybe this was some DS ports coming that needed this stylus application. I did have the idea that it was when I first saw the the patent, the illustrations, I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's a great use for it because it'll slide in. I could take it out or I would love one that slides into the existing like the Joy-Con as it's attached. Like I don't, you know, if I don't have to take the Joy-Con off and it mm. kind of like the 3DS had that where it would just DS and 3DS had that where you can pull it out and then use it and then put it back because I feel like that application I would end up using more because then it's always there for handheld mm -hmm. mode. I like this and I think this is exciting. I will say it looks a little awkward if you were to use it, right? Because if you take your Joy-Con and you hold it to the screen, you can't hold that like a pencil anymore. So now you're holding it like a like a crayon or something. You know what I mean? Like this little it's kid huge. holding a crayon. It's yeah. huge. So I don't know the application and the sort of the ergonomics of it seem a little wonky right now, but I do think that the potential of it could be, could be huge. It could be really cool. It's also kind of exciting to think, you know, that there's some sort of um, detection for where you touch the screen. It, it says that it'll vibrate. So if you're moving it across a certain way, say I'm moving from left to right, and as I get closer to right, it starts vibrating in my hands because that's maybe maybe it's like um, I don't know, like a Where's Waldo type game, right? And mm. it's like giving you clues as to where you're trying to find something. So it's you're moving it across, and it's detecting and saying, "Oh, you're getting close. You're getting hot." That's that's pretty interesting. That could be some fun gameplay. I could see that working into something. So. I, I hope this turns into something. I mean, it's important to say that these could just go nowhere and we'll never see the light of day. But I know iLife Technologies is super excited to take them to court over this probably next year. <laughs> so well, what, what I found what I found really interesting, and they kind of pointed to this in the patent as well, is as you're holding the actual Joy-Con and drawing on the screen, you can push buttons at the same time. Mm -hmm. So not only would you be you know, pressing buttons, but you'd also be interacting with the touch screen, which right now you can't do. Mm -hmm. So just thinking about the possibilities that could open to something like that is pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, I like yeah. this. And it's exciting too, to think, I mean, when we first saw the switch and we saw the joy cons come off and on, I, I know for me anyway, I was like, oh man, think of all the weird things they can do that slide into those, <laughs> you know, that they could have, yeah. I don't know what, but just maybe one has like a trackpad, you know what I mean? And the idea that this has sort of a drawing thing that slides in and I don't know, I just see, still see a lot of potential with just the screen and Joy-Cons that come off and on that are different peripherals that can be doing different things. And I think Nintendo maybe putting their toe into that area could be exciting for something down the line. I mean, they're always talking about inventing new games and different ways of playing games. So let's see something crazy. Let's, you know, let's see some more stuff that slides onto my, onto my switch screen that I can use and, and play games in a different way. Yeah. Uh, dip dip those awesome. toes. Dip yeah. Those dip toes in get a whole <laughs> knee, go up to the knee. Let's, Ooh. let's get a whole knee in there. Oh my goodness. But, jump yeah. right in. Yeah, oh, jump right there in. you go. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, so another story we already <laughs> talked about was whether or not pre-orders on the eShop should be, uh, if you should be able to get a refund, if you decide you don't want that. And I know we mentioned this, I think, at some point last year. Well, after a two-year court battle, Nintendo has reportedly won a separate case against the German Consumer Protection Authority and Norway's Consumer 
rights council so that they do not have to refund people for making pre-orders in the eShop. So I, I, there you go. Nintendo's arguing that those sales are final. Once you get that onto your Switch, once you download it, the contract is up, is done, and you, you're, that's yours now. So I don't know. I, I wanted to see what you guys thought of this. Do you think if you pre-order a game, download it to your Switch, you can't play it yet, right? And maybe it, it's not out for another week or month or whatever. Should you, if you decide to change your mind, be able to return it? I think yes. Okay. Yes. And my argument is like if I, a consumer, buy something and it downloads on my Switch, but I didn't open it, I didn't get what I actually bought for yet, I didn't open it, I didn't play it, then yeah, I should be able to return it. But then that also makes me think, you know, what's the value in pre-ordering a digital game? Well, yes. I, I make that argument Like it's as ridiculous. Well, but, mm -hmm. but, you know, if for some crazy weird reason I decided I needed to pre-order a digital game... <laughs> It downloads, but I say maybe it's two days after it came out, but I didn't even open it yet. I didn't even play it, but say, oh, darn, I need that money for something else. And I decide I just want to return the game. Mm -hmm. I think there's enough data for Nintendo to be like, oh, they didn't even actually activate or open this game. We should allow them to return it. I think, yeah. Well, in a lot of cases, you can't. I mean, a download, I, I pre-ordered and downloaded Pokemon. It was ready to go. And my reason for pre-ordering was we got stuff. So sometimes you do get something in addition. Yeah. You get Pokeballs yeah. or whatever I got for that one. But you can't play it. You can open it and it just says, nope, it's not accessible mm -hmm. yet. Okay. Uh, uh, it's it, it's not a real thing. <laughs> so I, I don't really see the reason yeah. to say no to this. I, I It's a little strange to me that they fight on it. Um, yeah. I think that I there's, a, there's a few ways to do it. I, I, I believe that you should be able to return it. Because if I go to GameStop and I pre-order a game, I can pick up that game. I can buy that game. I can pick up that game. I can go home with that game. It can sit there for up to two weeks. I haven't opened it, right? I haven't opened it. I haven't unsealed it. Yeah. I, I can go return that game. You know, it's in the policy. Mm -hmm. This seems like an implementation detail on the software side to say, hey, I've give me two options. One, do I want to pre-install games? Maybe I don't want to pre-install games, right? And if I don't want to, then then um, when I go to redeem it, say, you know, are you sure you want to redeem it or cancel, right? Give me a cancel option. Or if it's pre-installed, the first time I go into it where it's like, hey, you know, do you want to finalize your purchase? Click one mm -hmm. more button. You already have to be connected to the Internet to do that check to unlock it on your device. Just give me the ability there to to cancel it from that screen. Um, and I think that would be a nice option. And maybe there's a time window that's there. I'm fine with that, too. Um, or at minimum, at minimum, enable me to cancel the pre-order before the game is released. I think that that is justifiable. Yeah, I totally agree. And I don't even I'm trying to think if when I pre-ordered games, if it gives me something that's an acknowledgement where I have to acknowledge saying this sale is even final. I, I don't know if I've seen that. I can't remember if I've checked something um, that should be so. a minimum. I think so. I think there's a accept. There's some there's some terms and agreements of using okay. something somewhere that you agreed to for sure. So do you think it is that they don't have the capability of taking the download back? <laughs> I, I mean, no, they definitely do. I, yeah, so I, I, I think it's an implementation detail that they just need to f figure out. That's all. Yeah, they just need to figure I, it out. I agree. I so I think we are all in agreement here that if the game hasn't launched yet, you should be able to return this and get mm -hmm. your money back without a mm -hmm. doubt. 
Uh, now, it is important to mention that since that verdict came out, it has been appealed and the next round is expected to take place in about a year and a half. So this story is still going on and uh, we will report to you in a year and a half on how that turns out. Right around the corner. Yeah. Not like people are pre-ordering games left and right these days. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll move on to some game news. Apparently... Super Smash Brothers Ultimate version 7.0 comes out next week. Woo woo. Super mm. excited. I haven't played it. <laughs> but uh, Nintendo Versus account on Twitter just reminded us that it's coming out within the week. Uh, it's expected to include fighter adjustments. Replay data from previous versions will no longer be compatible. If you want that to happen, if you're crazy about your, your uh, replays, you just have to convert them. So go into your vault replays replay data and then convert video before you update it's important hmm. there's also a new pass coming out called super smash brothers ultimate fighters pass volume 2 which will be available for pre-purchase on january 28th no it's you won't get with... your money back <laughs> yeah careful with those yeah. pre-purchases uh, it comes with the breath of the wild ancient soldier costume for the me fighter character no. for all of you people who love the me fighter character yeah well, yeah. <laughs> there you have it. All. More Super Smash Brothers characters for you. Get it. Awesome. Do it. <laughs> On it. Um, well, maybe we'll be getting more games besides Super Smash Brothers um, that you could pre-order as well, because apparently 37% of game developers surveyed for the upcoming GDC conference, which is coming up very soon. Uh, there is this annual survey they send out, and 37% of developers said they were interested in developing for the Nintendo Switch. And that's pretty good because that is about um, 4,000 developers surveyed, which means that is about, I don't know, 16, 1,700. That's rough math off the top of my head of developers that um, want to publish their games and develop them for the Switch. So that's like 2,000 more games right there. Boom. Make that count 15 billion on the Switch. Um, <laughs> and, and that's really good because uh, compared to the Xbox uh, Series X and the PlayStation 5, um, Xbox Series X had a 25% interest and 38% for the PlayStation 5. And this is really great because the Switch has been out for nearly three years. Um, um, we'll have a pinnacle, uh, um, a, a day on Michael's birthday of of the Switch. It's great that it aligns up perfect. So yeah. um, <laughs> additionally, the survey had a whole bunch of different information in it that I definitely highly recommend going and checking out. But the survey revealed here that 17% of the developers said that they that their current project that they're working on will be on the Switch, which is pretty good. And 19% of them are planning to release future games on the Nintendo Switch. Um, and at the same time, 11% said that they're also currently developing for the PlayStation 5. So, you know, 17%, 19%, 11% for the PlayStation 5. Like, it's looking pretty good for the Nintendo Switch development-wise, right? And 9% and, and are working on the new Xbox. So it's really, really good. Um, I would say that um, these are good percentages. And you might be saying, wow, those might be seem low, right? Because where are all these other games? Well, all those other games are on the PC. So 50% of developers mm -hmm. were working on previous and future titles on the PC, which is usually the first place where they're at. And we usually see very, very fast ports from Steam and other systems over to the Switch. So there's probably some crossover there. So great survey. Go check it out for sure. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to get some more. And at first, when I was reading through the stats, I'm like, 37%. That doesn't seem that great. And then I saw the other stuff, you know, for Xbox and PlayStation. I'm like, oh, well, it's doing fantastic then in comparison. So, yeah. 
Now, a couple of weeks ago, I think Mats and I actually mentioned some Animal Crossing merch that was coming out. And we have some more. Power A is throwing its hat into the ring with two new enhanced wireless controllers. It's got a Timmy and Tommy Nook and a KK slider with some items like bugs and fish and all that kind of good stuff on it. These controllers are wireless using Bluetooth 5.0. They've got um, LEDs for the player number and on like uh, the pro controller, these take double A batteries. You will get 30 hours of gameplay out of that. So that's not too bad. They are available for pre-order on Amazon for $50 each. And they come out March 10th, which is 10 days before the game. So you will be ready to play Animal Crossing with a brand new Animal Crossing controller. Nice. They're cute. Yeah. I like the colors. And I was in Target yesterday and i did see you know all the pokemon controllers that were there from power a as well and they're very nicely controlled these are the controllers that christina and i have we have the wired versions similar they're good controllers i mean for 50 dollars, it's a little high i don't mind double a batteries by the way because there's nothing worse than getting your switch pro controller getting ready to game the power's out and then you're like, OK, well, I guess I have to go I gotta charge it, got to go charge it. And I have to like I'm by my computer, so I have to have it like attached. And I'm like, I'm like holding it close to my monitor because the cable's only so far. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right, it's like please. a two foot cable. <laughs> <laughs> please go. So I don't I don't mind because 30 hours is quite a lot of time. And you go to yeah. Costco, you know, you get a get a big pack of batteries. But depending on your gameplay, that might adjust your purchase. But they're cute little controllers. I like them. Yeah, and it's important to mention they are officially licensed by Nintendo. So they're not just some, you know, junky controllers and you get a 2-year uh, warranty with them. So check them out. I will I will warn about the button mapping though on the back. Oh yeah, yeah. You you didn't like butt. those. These do I feature those like those buttons on the back. So Yeah, you can you can pop it off so you don't even need to ever touch it, but it's just annoying. Mm-hmm. Just just throwing that out there. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> All right. That's it for the news. Let's move on to the bestsellers of the week. First place, Stardew Valley. Second place, Mario Kart Deluxe 8. Third is Mana Spark. Fourth, Minecraft. Fifth, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Sixth, Pokemon Sword. Seventh, Cuphead. Eighth, Just Dance 2020. Ninth, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Hashtag FE or Fire Emblem Encore. And 10th is Celeste. So it wasn't too different from last week. We had a couple things move up and a couple like, and there's like two new things, but... That's pretty much it. Yeah, pretty crazy mix yeah. of games. You know, some some Diverse. heavy hitters, some old ones coming <laughs> back, and a couple new ones. I did see at a Target Just Dance 2020 available for Switch and the Wii side by side. Not the Wii U, just the Wii. It was sitting there. It was wow. amazing. I was, oh. It was it was great. I was like, wow, look at this and look uh, at that support. I know. <laughs> Apparently, it sells very well, which is so fascinating to me. But. uh I thought this was great to see Tokyo Mirage Sessions up there. I, I didn't know how it was going to do um, or if it was going to break into the top anything mm. this week because it's a little bit out there. But good for good for good for you. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> when we had mentioned this one, it has a real sort of like uh, polarizing effects. There was people that either hate this game because it just looks crazy or people that absolutely loved it. And uh, apparently enough people loved it. It made the top 10. So fantastic. Now, we've got all new releases for this week, a ton coming to the game section, and uh, we all have a few checks. So, Mats, why don't you kick us off with your first pick? All right. So I had uh, this one solo. This was everyone else. I think we we collaborated on this week. So the one that I picked, because I love twin stick shooters, I, I, this is a... Uh, 
may not be known to our listeners, but one of my favorite genres of games is twin stick shooters, uh, which is when you control and move. It's sort of like controlling a drone. You have one controller that is moving up, down, left, right, and then the other one that is firing your weapon in the specific direction. So it's completely opposite from a drone, actually. So don't listen to me. That If I go out flying my drone later, that's not how I want to drive. <laughs> um, that is incorrect. So um, this game really struck me because it looked like a super cool. I also love neon things. I love neon cool things. Basically, I love Geometry Wars. Okay, anything that's Geometry Wars, I love. <laughs> and this game sparked my interest because it was a hybrid of twin stick shooter, Geometry Wars, and Minecraft-esque styles, blocky, cool styles. And it's called It Came From Space and Ate Our Brains. Um, and the whole game is like onslaught hordes of brain-eating aliens that you and up to four friends need to take down in this twin stick shooter of chaos. It's amazing. Looks super duper cool. Um, it does have um, ability to play four players locally. No online play, which is super sad, of course, because what game would have online play then mm. in 2020? But <laughs> I do like the aesthetic. It's got cool like neon everywhere and blocky and I don't know. It seems cool. I wish I had friends. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it looks cool. Yeah. I did think that one looked pretty interesting. It reminded me of the spy game that Christina and I played a couple Monaco? months back. Yeah, Monaco. It reminded yeah, me of that yeah. very similar squared off and kind of has this, I don't know, just real interesting style to it. So, yeah, I thought that one looked pretty interesting. It's like the light, the the stuff that's lit up kind of glows weird, but mm-hmm. it's strange because it's such a geometric like environment. A glow to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, do you want me to talk about the next one, Mats? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so yeah, because so... We both had this one checked. Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition. It's twenty two fifty. It's on sale for fifteen right now. It's so <laughs> I checked this one because I thought it looked really cool. I like the art style a lot, but it's so cryptic. Um, I the description of the game it just it makes no sense. I'll 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 give you like the quick one sentence and then explain the rest. But it's a realist adventure game in five acts featuring a haunting electric store and a suite of hymns and bluegrass. Okay. That's it. Wow. And then everything else in the description is basically just like saying, there are these people in this town and they're doing something and there's this guy on his porch. And it's just, it, it makes no sense. It's not really explaining any of the gameplay yeah. or anything like that. So I have no clue what this game is. And the trailer didn't help it either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I looked for the trailer, which I need to point out another, like every week this happens. There's no game trailer in the actual eShop. <laughs> this time I went on YouTube and I looked it up. There's an actual Nintendo video trailer for this on YouTube. Why is this not in the eShop? I know. Come on, Nintendo. <laughs> this is driving me insane. But anyway, uh, I watched the video and it literally explained nothing. It was like a cinematic trailer that didn't really show any of the gameplay at all. So it looks cool. But for what I saw, I'm not going to buy it for $20. But I wouldn't even buy it for $15 right now because... I mean, work on your advertising or explaining what the game is so people know what the heck they're buying and what they're getting into. That's true. That's all. The the, the (laughs) game is is super fascinating because it um, has been out on Steam for a while. It's been releasing these episodes, right? So there's five Mm -hmm. acts and the fifth act is coming out on the same day. So they've aligned this TV edition to have the entirety of the game together um, here. That's why they call it the TV edition because it's out on all the consoles. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, the whole thing is super fascinating to see where, like where it came from, where it's going, this sort of like weird, futuristic, artsy adventure, magical game. Um, and yeah, I, I've followed it for a long time since it's come out. It's won so many awards from like all the way back to 2013 when it was like first unveiled, won tons of game of the years, best narrative. Um, all sorts of like best game of the decades type of awards too. So what? yeah, it, it's 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 way up there. So I mean, well, good for them. But what the heck is it? it you know, it's uh, it's Kentucky Route Zero. So I mean, you don't need to, you don't, <laughs> I, like, you don't I, even need you to just know. know. Yeah, if you if you just know what it is, you know what it is. It's yeah. that good. You know, it's a it's a magical realistic adventure game about a secret highway running through the caves beneath Kentucky and the mysterious folks who travel it. <laughs> That's Duh. what it is. Duh. Hello, Christian. I'm just buy it. Take yeah. your fifteen dollars. Take your wallet out. Fifteen dollars. Shove it through your Nintendo Switch, and then buy this game. Pre-order That's this it. game. I'd right rather. Now. I'd rather buy Music Racer for seven dollars. Oh, yeah. Tell us about Music Racer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So Music Racer is. This is not a game I typically gravitate towards. It does have extremely positive reviews on Steam, uh, and it. It's for $7. Now, the thing about, I guess, Music Racer is it's it's similar to what? Like a guitar hero, right? Where you have to move left to right and hit the notes and things like that. In this case, you're driving a race car and the music is playing and it makes on certain beats the lanes change. So I, it, from, from what I got anyway. So you're moving left and right across this racetrack and hitting the notes and that boosts you to race faster and farther into the track. You get to have different cars, different levels that does say that there's 14 different levels, 25 cars that you can get and customize, which I think is kind of cool. One of them is a DeLorean. So I'm all in on that. It has this beautiful, <laughs> again, Tron-esque neon 80s look to it. A lot of glowing, a lot of bright colors and it has just this um very electronic music that's just kind of thumping through and is really really exciting and fun and it kind of makes me think of the movie uh drive if you if you've listened to that or watched that movie the soundtrack of that it's very similar and one thing that's interesting though on steam it's two dollars at the moment and on sale for 139 but the thing is, on Steam, if you download it for the computer, you have to supply your own music. You actually have to have, whether it's MP3s or WAV files or anything like that, or even use YouTube, you have to supply your own music off of your hard drive. And that's what the game plays to. So that's really strange. I like that feature, but I don't like the fact that you have to have your own music. Whereas yeah. on the Switch, it seems like there's a music library that it plays from because obviously you're not going to have your music on there. But uh, yeah, strange. It's weird that they do that on PC that you have to play with your own music. But uh, yeah, this looks interesting. Makes, it makes sense why it's more expensive on the Switch then because either they had to pay music. someone to make the music or buy licensing for yeah. it. So interesting mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I had, this, I had this check too for all the same reasons i didn't know why it was like that on uh, steam it's also on mobile too so i'm curious if it's similar on mobile uh as well with the, the music um but it is highly 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 rated regardless which is cool i do like that this you know just has the music library there it'd be cool if it could read like the sd card and i could throw music on there but that would be cool i don't have music yeah. anymore that's the issue so <laughs> yeah. yeah true it'd have to tap into like 
I don't know, Spotify, Spotify. Spotify <laughs> you know, yeah. if it could do that. Yeah. I mean, in we do have YouTube now on our switch. So maybe mm. there's something they could do there, but that seems like that's just asking too much of the switch to be able to yeah. jump around like that. But you know what? I, having the songs built in and then they could even introduce more music down the road as like add-ons and things like that. It looks cool for $6. It's not breaking the bank. I definitely gave it a check because uh, I think it would be a lot of fun. And I like the customizing and the, the overall look of this one. On January 30th, there's this ridiculous looking game coming out called Speaking Simulator. For $20, it's on sale for 18 Basically, it's it's like walking simulator or you're trying to move the muscles in the mouth to speak. So you as a human appear or so you as a robot trying to speak like a human, you need to convince humans that you're not a robot <laughs> through speaking. And I can just see this going so badly and being so frustrating. It just it looks so funny. Um not for twenty dollars though. I just wanted to note it because it looked really funny. Yeah, I looked That's this awesome. one up because obviously there was not any trailers on the eShop. I looked yeah. it up and I watched a few Surprise. uh like gameplay. There was like a dating that the you as the character is talking to somebody and trying to like have a date with them. <laughs> and for the first two minutes it's funny. And then it just seems so tedious to me that right, I yeah. would just be like, nope, I cannot do this because you're controlling uh-huh. all aspects of it. So you're moving the tongue and you're like, you have to make it smile and you have to move and break eye contact. So you don't just stare like a psycho. And it just seems so much that I, for one, I can't understand how you even would do it on the switch that it, it just, there's too many like factors to control. And for two, yeah. it does not look like fun after a couple <laughs> minutes. Like you would laugh for maybe a minute or two. And then after that, it just seems right. terrible. Yeah, and I thought the same thing. Like the first couple minutes, it would be really funny to like have a friend next to you trying to figure it out. But then after that, you'd be so frustrated, you'd want to probably throw your switch. Yeah, but. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Now, my last pick is is possibly my pick of the week, and it's and it's kind of a crazy one. It's called Hypercharge Unboxed. It's twenty dollars. It's on sale for eighteen right now. And the best way I can explain this is it's Toy Story meets Fortnite. It's essentially you're playing a Toy Story movie with guns and it's a and you're trying to go after each other it has extremely positive reviews on steam and the features the more i read into it the more i actually got excited for it because at first i looked at i'm like oh that looks neat and then all of the stuff that's built into it just really kind of did it for me it has co-op so it actually has you and three other players online and local it has pvp so you can go head to head against other soldiers there's single player if you want to just you know be on your own do your own thing there's split screen so you can have four player split screen when it's connected to the dock there's an explore mode so you can just kind of wander around the maps and collect things so you collect things like credits and coins and batteries which are all used as collectibles and kind of boost your skills there's a fortify element so you're building turrets and traps and walls and things like that to kind of keep people away there's a progression system so as you earn xp you unlock skins and you can customize your little action figure and it is an action figure it's like a toy so you're playing as a gi joe or something like that there's different strategies to it which i always love so there's it's like a defense game as well built in in a tower defense. And you're trying to keep people off. And there's just different difficulties depending on what you're looking to do, which I thought was kind of interesting because that must be factored into the single player aspect. But still, you don't really see that a lot. It's not like you can control the difficulty of like a Fortnite or something. So mm. it's kind of interesting that that's built in for more casual gamers or people that are quote unquote experts. But uh, yeah, it just looked 
really interesting. So I wanted to give this a check. It's going to go on the wish list just because it's different. And I wanted to try this one out. Yeah, I thought this looked super cool. I wanted to check it, but then seemed like there's a lot of elements. And I was like, oh, I need more time. I would need more. I need more time to, yeah. to play this. And I really want to. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This one, I hope there's a demo to at least try it um, because it, it seems like it could be so fun. And with games like this, it could also go a totally, you know, the wrong way. But seeing how it already has good reviews on Steam, I, I feel like it's I'm pretty confident it's going to be decent. Uh, there was one other game that I did have checked and I decided to remove it. And it was it's kind of a similar reason to what Christina said regarding the speaking simulator or um, what was it? The the Kentucky Route Zero, I guess, is a better example. And that was Super Battle Cards. It's a, it's a card battle game. You know, those are the things I like. It's $6, pretty inexpensive. But on the eShop, it tells you nothing. And I could not find anything online other than a handful of screenshots for it. And to me, it just frustrated me so much that I'm like, nope, I won't even buy this because you're not giving me anything. You're not doing anything at all to promote your game and try to convince me to buy it. Why should I give you $6 of my money when I'm just a whim, right? Mm. So it just frustrated me so much that this is, seems to be and, – and I don't think it's Nintendo doing it. I think it's the publishers and the developers that perhaps are not posting – enough information for the buyers, the consumers. So I I just can't support it. I ended up taking it down because there just wasn't anything there. Even the screenshots they give you show nothing, no gameplay. Like you just see a screen of a bunch of cards. Mm. There needs to be some kind of QA or something in the Nintendo eShop. And I feel like that's kind of lacking a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate because I mean, for six bucks, let's say this comes out $5, whatever on sale. Mm-hmm. I would have grabbed it because I just like these kinds of games and, I, and I'm and i willing to pay that even if it's not great. I just want to try it. But in the case like this where you literally are telling me nothing, I, I just can't support you. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's understandable. And on that <laughs> bombshell, it gets us to everybody's <laughs> favorite segment in the show. What you playing? Uh, I'll start. It was, I'll be nice and quick. Um, I I wanted. I've been wanting and dying to jump back into Pokemon, as I know you all have been. Just have already destroyed it and made me all jealous. And I haven't had time. Mm-hmm. I really want to. I, I, I had this huge commitment. I was like playing it nonstop, and then I, I stopped, and, and that was the problem. Um, and I jumped into a little game called Fortnite again, and that's been sidetracking me because it's the season that keeps giving and keeps going. <laughs> it and, does. Uh, I sort of have been really stressed out at work the last week and there's been a lot going on. So when it's like 10 o'clock at night, I just sort of don't want to think and Mm -hmm. just go in and play some Team Rumble. So I've just been Team Rumbling it, which means there's no thoughts. It doesn't matter if you die, really. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. And and I've just been going and exploring and I haven't even unlocked all the parts of the map yet. So (laughs) there's that. So that's, That's it. That's literally it. Oh, and I also got um a officially licensed from the Pokemon shop Detective Pikachu wrinkled fla- wrinkled face plush <laughs> and it is the okay. most adorable plushie in the entire world it's $20 and it's Detective Pikachu with his little cap on and a little rinky wrinkly sad face he's like mm. I'll yeah. make it the, the screenshot on nintendodispatch.com nice. so you can all see it it's I'm going to I'm going to admit when you first texted us what you were getting I thought it was like a factory accident yeah that's what I happened. thought it was melting <laughs> He's all like, I mean, it's funny, but it's yeah. like, it's I was like, like sad, why is sad Pikachu face. melting? 
<laughs> it's sad, sad face Pikachu. Face? It's so yeah, sad. It's, it's bulldog yeah. Pikachu. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is cute. Yeah. And how about you, Christina? So, um, I've just been playing City Skylands, but again, I haven't been playing on the Switch. I've been playing the PC. They had a a sale for a bunch of the expansions that's going through until the 27th. Mm-hmm. So after the podcast comes out, but picked up a few uh, expansions there and played that. But um, in in my in connection to last week, me talking about City Skylines and the bug that I had, I actually did reach out to Tantalus, who did the port for City Skylines to the Switch and um, also a lot of the consoles. And they actually replied back. Nice. So they told me that they're aware of the bug, but they haven't been able to reproduce it in the studio at all. And because of that, obviously, they're having a really difficult time fixing it because they can't figure out what it is. Mm. Um, and they also... <laughs> kind of repeated what I said in my email. I said, I know that there's no more, like, there's no support for it anymore, but if there's any way for me to fix this, let me know. And they said, they basically just repeated me and they said, there was an announcement mid last year that there would be no continuing Switch support, but we'd love to be able to ask you some questions about the issue to see if we can try to produce it, reproduce it in studio, or at least offer workaround solutions. Cool. So no matter what, it's not I'm not going to get an update and it won't be fixed, but I'm still going to send them some screen grabs of the city info and things like that. So if anybody else is having this issue, definitely reach out to them because it seems like they're understanding and they want to help. Um, but, yeah, hopefully, you know, I'll send that stuff this week and then maybe next week I'll have more information. Yeah. Ne- but- never say never, Christina. You never know. You could be the one. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, if (laughs) honestly, if enough, because they continue, they do all the ports for the console versions of the game, and those are getting ongoing support. So I could not. I mean, I guess it. I guess it could happen, but it would just be so credible to me if they got an influx of people that said they had this problem, and they were just like, "Yeah, we're sorry." We're just not going to fix that. Like, it seems like them being responsive and wanting to understand it and wanting screen grabs and things like that to me is still like. The, the doors still open Promising. a little bit. Yeah it's, yeah. it's almost like they're still willing to kind of look into it. And, and if the mm-hmm. fix is easy enough, maybe something would come out of it. I don't know. But it makes me wonder why there isn't switch support, though, and yeah. anymore, because it seems like it's not them. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like maybe Nintendo's getting in the way or something like that. I like maybe know. there's a contract issue or something because they seem definitely willing to try to figure it out. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. But hopefully we'll have more insight next week. Mm-hmm. So as for me, I got back into Pokemon. I wanted to finish the game. I had finished the main game, but then there's like this weird after game where you work to get your legendary. And I finally finished that as well. And I will say that it was very difficult for me to get through it because I just wasn't enjoying it. It's just sort of this weird, cumbersome, extra hour of your time that doesn't feel necessary the story is dumb the characters are just frustrating and kind of get on your nerves i'm sick of hop you know what i mean it's like a lot of the same issues that i was having with the story before where i just was like i'm 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 done with this game i'm ready to move on and now i feel obligated to do this stupid hour of my time to just get what I want out of it, you know, because honestly, now yeah. that it's done, I feel like I can just run around and collect Pokemon and kind of just do whatever I want now. It's open. It's an open season. I can do whatever I want now in the game. And this was sort of that hurdle to get through. Now I, I have my legendary. I'm done seeing Hop's face. Like, let me just play the game. Just do what I want now. 
I wish they worked this legendary thing in better because like Christina said a, a couple episodes ago, you finish the game, you get the end credits, you get the whole thing. Then this extra thing happens and then you get another the end on top of that. But wait, there's more. Yeah, it's just dumb. It's just <laughs> yeah, dumb. It's so weird. And it, it, it just, it left me finishing, I guess, all of it with a bad taste in my mouth just because I hated it so much, that part of it. I just was, I really did not enjoy yeah. it. Um, so yeah, I, I'm finally done with it. I put it to rest for a little bit. I pro I know I will jump back in and continue like trying to get Pokemon and continue just to try to flesh out my Pokedex, but I'm happy to kind of just say, all right, I'm, I'm taking a break. You know, I don't feel obligated. Mm -hmm. I finally finished it. It's not on my backlog. It's just done. Nice. Like Mots, I've been playing a little bit of Fortnite. This this season's gonna last for another six months, I think. I have no idea where the they they to be fair, they did say the February 20th is the end of this season, finally. Mm -hmm. But uh I'm level 91 right now, so I'm finally hit I will hit level 100. It only takes me three months to do it, but i I will hit level 100. And it's just fun. It's it's easy, mindless gaming that I can just jump in, relax for a few rounds. I don't feel like I'm, like you said, if, if you're stressed about something or even tired, you just jump in, you play a little bit and be like, okay, that was cool. I made a level. I'm, I'm, I get to go bed now. Um, always enjoying it. And then I got back to speaking of my backlog, I got back into battle chasers, which I had mentioned probably six to eight months ago when I was playing this a lot. And I am back into it. I'm trying to remember what the heck I was even doing and remember like, the controls and all of that. And I just, man, this game is still just, it's something about it is still so good. The animations and the look of it and the sound of it and everything about it is still great. So I'm, I'm, I'm focused on that. I want to finish it because I have a bunch of games that I want to get to, and I'm trying to kind of knock these off the list. Hollow Knight is on there and just a few others, uh, Zelda's on there. So that's my goal in the next month or two is to kind of get rid of my backlog, clean, clean the house. Nice. Good goals. Yeah. yeah. I need I need to do that too. I'm, I, that's <laughs> I, I need to do that too. It's inspiration, people. Inspiration. That's it. So. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, we did it. We made it through a whole nother week together. I won't be here next week, so <laughs> I'll see you in a few weeks. Thanks everyone for tuning we'll in. See you when we see you. Yes, I'll see everyone. Go to NintendoDispatch.com. All the things on the Twitters, on the Discord. Until next week, this has been your Nintendo Dispatch.